What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Kingdom and another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar, and I am joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's going on, Tyler? How you doing? What up, Duke? How's it going, man? Good, man. A lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff going on this week. Uh, Before we start, be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TSK Show. And if you want to find myself uh, myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore all of our content can be found on soundcloud.com slash TSK show. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook now. Uh, yes, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash the TSK show. Uh, real quick, though, before we start, uh, let's shout out Apollo for that dope new intro yeah. music. Oh, yeah. Shout out Apollo. Um, thank you, my man. Uh, yeah, thank you, Apollo. You're the man. Uh, you can hit up Apollo on IG at Apollo Contrella. And at SoundCloud.com slash Apollo Contrella. Good shit. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, Apollo. I mean, we got a lot of big stuff going on right now. Uh, We just submitted the Sports Kingdom TSK show to Apple. Yep. Uh, We will be on Apple any day now. Try to move up in the world. Yep. So uh, be on the lookout for the new iTunes Apple podcast link. The kingdom is expanding. Oh, yeah. We're we're about ready to conquer the, the podcast world. Yep. And uh, we, got a, we got a new logo also you may see on our social networks. Um, I wanted to shout out the artist, Alex Garcia, the homie, for doing that for us. Um, if you want to check out some of his artwork, uh, check out his IG. It's uh, at Cyclops underscore Hammer. So, yeah, check him out. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. We appreciate all the hard work you did on the dope new logo. Yep. Um, this week we have a lot to go over. Coming up later in the show, the Lakers and Clippers battled it out uh, the other night. We will talk about all of the dramatics in that one, and there were a lot. Uh, we also give our thoughts on how both these teams are doing so far in this young NBA season. Tyler also came up with the idea that we should discuss our dream team starting five. Yes, sir. Uh, plus one sixth man. Yep. So we will reveal those to you guys later in the show. First, however, we have to start with the NFL and everything that went down this weekend. Uh, let's start off with Tyler's NFL power rankings presented by the Cut Barbershop. Yeah, let's hop in it. Um, we're going to start out with the, you know, the team that I've fallen in love with this year, Saxonville at number 10. Uh, coming off a tough loss to Arizona, although I uh, actually picked Arizona to win that game, um, and I, I like Arizona. Um, still a tough loss for Jacksonville to take at this point in the season. They're tied for first place in their division. Um, but they're still, they're still rolling on defense, only averaging 15 points uh, to opponents a game. Uh, also the only team in the NFL with two players with over 10 sacks at this point in the season. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's uh, – that's like New York Giant-esque. Um, so, yeah, I got Jacksonville coming at number 10 right now. Um, coming at number 9, I got a team move, moving up a little bit in my books. Uh, start, it's starting to be apparent that they're, they're a team to wreck with this year. Is uh, Panthers 8-3 and three, coming off a win against the Jets. Um, I thought the Jets – I was rooting for the Jets because I, I like the Jets this year. Um, but Carolina was obviously the better team. Uh, they've got they've got it rolling on all, both sides of the ball. They got both their stars are playing well. Keekley and Cam, 
uh, McCaffrey and, and Snoop are, are both run the ball well. So. Funches has really stepped up in Kelvin Benjamin's absence. Yeah, yeah he's got a great role on that team. So he, he's, uh, he, should be, he should be very thankful that they got rid of Benjamin because he's now their big outside target. Um, so, yeah, I like Carolina moving forward. Although they're in a very extremely tough division this year, best division in football. Yeah, no, their division is and and they got to play fight. they got to play Drew Brees, so that's that's got a tough matchup. Um, coming in number eight, I got my team, my boys, Seattle Seahawks. I'd like to have them higher on the list, um, but I'm not worried about them. Uh, seven and four. I I'm not freaking out about the Seahawks. Yeah, we're supposed to beat the Niners. Everyone's a little. Uh, anxious we got a tough stretch the last five games oh yeah definitely but if we come out with 10 wins um 10 11 wins for the season with this schedule um i'm really happy with seahawks season we've been in every single game um yeah washington was a tough loss but honestly i think our kickers lost us one one and a half games so yeah uh yeah I, i got seahawks still at number eight still in the top 10 um, number seven, I got the team that just recently beat the Seahawks a couple weeks ago, the Atlanta Falcons at seven and four, coming off a win against Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, they're looking like they're getting back to to the form, Super Bowl form. Yeah, um, they, they they looked real good this weekend. Yeah, they're good. That, that division's amazing. I mean, Carolina, Atlanta, and New Orleans are all playing so well. It's going to be fun to see who who ends up taking it. I I personally think that the uh, Falcons are going to snag a playoff spot though. Um, coming at number six is the Minnesota Vikings at nine and two. <laughs> Your favorite team, right? Oh my God, it's it's tough for me to it's tough for me to put it up there. But you know, I tried to find some things I liked about the the Vikings this week. Um, obviously, they're nine and two coming up. They beat a team in Detroit that I liked. Um, Adam Thielen, he's he's kind of like my guy that I've tried to hold on to in this team. He's the kind of the Jermaine curse uh, to the Minnesota Vikings, and when I say that, I mean he grew up in Minnesota played college ball in Minnesota, undrafted free agent, um, signs with the um, Minnesota Vikings, and now, you know, has 70 catches, 107 targets, 1,000 yards. He's arguably been their best receiver all year. He is there. I mean, I would say he's their most reliable receiver, and now Stephen Diggs is a talented dude. So, obviously, I think if you're talking, you know, in a, f- a fantasy draft scenario, I'll take Diggs. But Thielen is, is their guy. You know, he's, he, he was, he's grown in that system. Uh, grew up in Minnesota, so I like him. And then e- Everson Griffin leads this, leads the league in sacks. He got twelve sacks already. So, yeah, I mean know? they're just they're doing it all. They look they looked good once and, again. Yeah, and I and I like watching Case Keenum play. Play. He's uh, I'm you know, I'm he's actually happy for him. He was on the Rams last year, and there was the big controversy with Jared Goff and if they should start him and bench Keenum and yeah. all that stuff. That was I think they that was smart. Look at look at how everyone's doing now. Exactly. Everyone's doing all right. It, it worked out. You gave Case uh last year you gave Case Keenum a chance to show that he can still play football. Um and then you let Jared Goff sit for a while and not, you know, have his confidence wrecked and get some experience. So good move all around by the Rams on that one. Um but yeah, so Minnesota at number 6. Um uh, Obviously, is probably higher on a lot of other people's lists than nine and two, but yeah. I got him at six. Um, number five, we got the Saints. Drew Brees and the Saints. Um, now they did just lose to the Rams. Yes, that was they did. a big game. That yes, was, they did. That was uh, the best game of the week. It was a great. It was a great game. Yeah, uh, the Saints. They're still just looking tough. It's their running backs that are are just so impressive to me. Yeah, their defense is playing good. Yeah, they have Drew Brees. Uh, but Kamara, uh, seven point one yards a carry. 
in 77 touches, first in the NFL, seven yards a touch is... He's going to he's gonna win Offensive Rookie of the Year now that Kareem Hunt really took that dip. Yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt's still second in the league in rushing, but... But compared to what Kareem Hunt was doing yeah. previously, no, and now a, the role that Kamara has in the team... And the team aspects of where the Saints are now and where the Chiefs are now? No, I feel you. I, I, I hear you. Kamara is definitely making a very, very strong case. So unless, unless Kareem Hunt switches it around and starts getting more productive in these last four or five games, Kamara is probably coming for the win. And then Mark Ingram's first in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. So, you know, that, that duo is, is, a, is a scary group. Um, I don't think anybody wants to play them, especially in New Orleans. Yeah, no. Um, and then coming in uh, at number four, I got the the home team, the L.A. Rams. Yeah. Crushing. Top, crack, crack the top five, baby. Cracking the top five, yeah. I mean, and I got them four spots ahead of the Seahawks right now. But there's a game. I told in, you, we're coming. They, they, have a, they have an extremely hard back five games of their schedule as well. So, oh, yeah. And, um, and I knew we weren't – I knew the Rams weren't going to be able to win both at Minnesota – and then at home against the Saints. I knew we were going to win one or the other. Yeah, that's an extremely hard two games. That's just like you're playing arguably the best defense and arguably the best offense back-to-back. So I think the Rams are going to be all right. We'll see if they can win in the playoffs. It's going to be interesting. But Yeah, the youth, you know, the youth and the inexperience. You know, regardless of how these last games go, you know, they could even drop a couple, and this season's extremely successful because – you know, oh, more yeah, than compared, likely they're going to win to four, 10 games. Yeah, compared to the 4-12 and 12 they were last year. Yeah, Anything right. above that's a success. Yeah, no, they're looking good. They're moving in the right the, the right direction still. Um, coming in at number three is now I'm starting to feel maybe more and more of a Super Bowl contender with the boys up north is uh, number three, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 92. Oh, yeah. What's not to love about this team? Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are having crazy – years i mean same thing they always do but you know Le'Veon bell's first in the league in rushing yards Le'Veon bell has 60 catches in 11 games i mean it's it, i hope somebody doing, has him in a ppr league they're doing it all it, it, antonio brown has 20 catches over 20 yards he's leading the league in receiving yards he's leading the league in catches antonio brown is the best receiver in the league antonio brown is making his own case for mvp with all you know, oh yeah it, it, and did you see that such catch a, yeah. Where he dragged his foot yep. and like, oh yeah, oh uh, my he, goodness. I mean, Brown is just. I I haven't wanted to say he's the best receiver in the NFL the last couple of years, but now that's just I have no problem with it. He's yeah. the best receiver in the NFL. I also think it's time to add uh, their field goal kicker Boswell to the to the killer bees or the triple yeah, bees. The, the, the we need to make B? it to the fourth. Okay. We need to make it the fourth right. B. Yeah, we got to think of a nickname for old, old Boswell. Yeah, Boswell the fourth. <laughs> All right, and so, yeah, so I got Pittsburgh at number three, and, and every week I watch them. They're looking more and more like they're really going to try and make a Super Bowl run. Um, coming in at number two, everybody's favorite this year, the Philadelphia Eagles, go Birds. Still not going to put them at number one? No. I don't think there's anything they can really do. I mean, I, I honestly, unless New England dropped a couple bad ones, I don't see them taking the number one spot from uh, – for New England, just because, uh, you know, it's still – they're having a great regular season, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win in the playoffs. Yeah. And no, that, I, I 100% agree with what, with the argument behind <clears> – <throat> I keep, I understand the argument behind it, but yeah, it's just – It's only one-game lead, too. It's not like, you know – it's not like the Patriots are – Seven and four, and I got right, them ahead. You know, right, they're right. nine and two. They're right. still handling business. Yeah, and you know the thing about the 
the Eagles, you know, they look like a team on paper that's set for the playoffs. It's just their inexperience that's the only question. Which, you know, and the Patriots have all the experience. Yeah, and if Philly wins one playoff game, all those questions are gone, out the door. Everyone's going to be rolling. You yeah. Know? They just have to win one. That's what everyone's waiting to see if Wentz can do it. But, you know, they have that crazy combination of, you know, they're third in the league in rushing and they're, and they're first in rushing yards allowed. Yeah. So, you know, they're dominating the ball even with a quarterback that's the MVP candidate and leading the league in touchdown passes. So that's a lethal combo. They're going to be really tough to beat. They're the class of the NFC this year, an extremely deep NFC at that. So, yeah, I got the Eagles at number two. And, of course, the, the number one, the England Patriots. Obviously, there's not a lot to say here. But I dug up something, my favorite thing for the Patriots this last weekend. They were playing Miami, and uh, they, they after a third down, they rushed their entire team out, uh, their entire punt team to get out into the field quick. Um, you know, and everything's scattering. They line up within maybe 10 seconds after the last play had ended, and then they just sit in punt formation for 30 seconds and let a delay game call. It's just Bill Belichick was just like a big middle finger from across the sideline. Just a lot of mind games, and, like, that's the kind of stuff that the Patriots, that's why everybody hates them or you love them. Um, and it's not like that's the kind of shit that wins them games, but it might it might be. You never know. These head games are hilarious. It's, it's they the just kind made of the thing team. that gives them an advantage. Yeah, I mean, you make a team stand on the field for 30 seconds, and you take a delay a game, and then you just punt it to them anyways. You know, it's like they you're like, out there. You're, we handing, a, you're handing them extra yardage, and then just yeah. because you know all well that your defense is so much better than their well, offense. Well, and just the disrespect of, like, hurrying out onto the field to try and get a playoff quick and then just sitting on it for 30 seconds without moving. Yeah. It's just – Classic Patriots. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's my uh, my top ten by the cut barbershop. Uh, I'm going to start uh, number one, Patriots and the Eagles, Steelers, Rams, Saints, Vikings, Falcons, Seahawks, Panthers, and Saxonville Jaguars. There you go. Yes, sir. All right. So that wraps up Tyler's NFL Power Rankings presented by the Cut Barbershop. We'll now move to uh, the picks of the week for week 13 in the NFL. Uh, last week I went 12-4. and four. That brings my season total to ninety four and fifty one. I also went twelve and four. I'm at ninety seven and forty eight. Coming Close, up, closing, closing the gap. in. Uh, so Thursday night, we got a big NFC East matchup. Uh, these rivalry games, we love them. We yep. Talk about them a lot. Yeah, they're, um, they're, that's why the NFL is so great. Yeah, uh, we got the Washington Redskins coming in at five and six to take on the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World. Uh, Dallas also coming in at five and six. Dallas not looking so good since Zeke's been gone. No. Uh, I think the Redskins are going to win this game. Kirk Cousins, you like that. Yep. Uh, I'm like riding Kirk. that all the way. Hey, Kirk's killing. He's second second in the NFL in passing yards and top five in passer rating. Um, he's he's a one-man team. Unfortunately, the Redskins lost my favorite player they had this year. was Chris Thompson. He was having a great year. This is a tough game to pick, but I'm going to go with Dallas. I'm going to disagree. I'm going with Dallas at home. I also forgot to mention that the line is Dallas minus one and a half. Yeah, that's tough. I wouldn't bet on this game. No. I, this game is too hard for me to pick, so yeah. I wouldn't but, bet on this game. But this is a classic, I choose one team, you choose the other. Yeah. Great way for no, me to make up, make up some wins. Exactly. Uh, so moving on to Sunday, a uh, lot of games now, no more bye weeks. Yeah, 16 games. Yeah, so 16 games for well, the 14, week. Uh, 14 on Sundays. Yeah. Uh, first game of the uh, first game of the day, we got uh, the nine and two Minnesota Vikings, Tyler's favorite team, uh, uh, traveling down south. What up, Nick Bolhaber? <laughs> uh, 
uh, traveling down south to the ATL to take on the Falcons, coming in at seven and four. Uh, the line for this is Atlanta minus three. I, I, this is a trap for me because I've voted against Minnesota all year. And I'm going to do it one more time. I'm going with the Falcons. I think the Falcons' uh, offense is going to – I hope that they're the team that really cracks in and shows everybody in the NFL how to beat the Vikings because it's a copycat league. Yeah. And we just need to see how it's done so that everybody else can get it done. <laughs> all right? Falcons over the over the Vikings big time. Yeah. Let's do it, Dan Quinn. God damn it. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm also going with the Falcons. I think the Falcons are just going to be able to find a way to get it done. I think it's similar. It's a similar situation, uh, to the saints last week. Like you said, yeah. it's like they're bound to lose. Yeah. So yeah. I think this week they're on the road. The Falcons new stadium is very loud. Mm-hmm. It's a huge home field advantage for them. And Atlanta's excited. Now they're winning games. Exactly. Julio Jones coming off that huge game. Yeah, arguably the biggest. I I didn't. I haven't looked at the fantasy stats, but it's got to be close to like one of the biggest fantasy. Days oh, I'm of pretty the year. sure he had almost 40 points in my league. Yeah, let's go, Julio. Yeah, but yeah. So like we said, we're both going with the Falcons on that one. Uh, moving on, next we got the Detroit Lions coming in at six and five, uh, traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Also coming in at six and five. The line for this is Baltimore minus three. Yeah, that's um, that's probably about what I would have had it at. This is a really hard. I would not bet on this game. Though. No, this was extremely hard for me because I like I really like both these teams. I want to say Detroit, but I, my gut's kind of leaning towards Baltimore just because Baltimore is getting their offense together. They're getting their pieces back. Danny Woodhead's back. Um, their defense has been playing well all year, and Detroit is just they've been sporadic when they play well and when they play horrible. Um, I just don't know. I, I got to take Baltimore at home on this one. I got two words for you. Joe Flacco. Yeah, he's not playing well. Nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He is owed over like $40, $50 million over the next two years. Uh, I just don't think that Detroit is going to lose two in a row after the way they lost last week. Yeah, people are being tough on Flacco. I feel, I feel bad for him. I think he's having he's a really not tough an elite, year. I don't care what anybody says. He's not an elite quarterback. I, and elite is, you know, people throw that word around with quarterbacks quite a bit. But it's like, you know, he is a very capable quarterback. He is not an elite first-tier upper echelon quarterback, no. But he is very capable. It could be a lot worse. And I just think there's – He's not in it right now. His head's not in it. Or or something's not there. Something's missing. He's having an off year. I don't think Flacco's done. I don't think this is like a career-ending type of bad play year. It's one year. I, no, year why career. would his career end? He's about to get paid $50 million over the next it's, two years. But I don't think, in playing-wise, I don't think that – I don't think that his career is over. I don't think this is like, all right, we're not going to see any more production. I oh, still no, think I he's. Think it is. I think Baltimore is still going to make playoff runs with, with Joe Flacco. I think. I think Baltimore is in a very. If they were losing, maybe, but they're not. They're not even. They're not even losing. So, that what are they six and five? Yeah, they're six and five. So, yeah, I have the Lions winning this game. So they'll be five hundred after this week. In, According to my prediction, yeah. And so, but if they win and they're seven and five, then what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah, it, that, no. That's how it, that's how it goes with with the NFL. You don't know. You got to ride the season out. Um, and you know, if if he keeps winning, uh, there's no way they're switching it up after what he's done in his career. What what they owe him, 
I think Flacco's still got some. Uh, I think he's still got some value left in him. Um, although he's having a very very bad year. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, next we got Tyler's number one team in the land, the New England Patriots coming yes. in at nine and two to take on uh, Buffalo, Bills Mafia. Uh, coming in at six and five. This is this game is in Buffalo, New England. The feel, line for this is New England minus eight and a half. I feel yeah, I'm taking that bet. I feel <laughs> I feel bad for Buffalo. I mean, they had they had a good year going, and it just and all fell whole, apart. That Tyrod thing was just too much. Too much for them to overcome. It's I mean, when reviewing this season, I I think Buffalo fans are going to look back at that being the you know they could this oh, could have been their shot. Hundred percent. The AFC, and it still could be, but I I and I, I don't think it will be. It still can be. But it's like this AFC is completely wide open. This was their year to finally snap the longest playoff drought in the NFL. It's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen. And Brady is going to – they're going to break their spirits at this game. Like we said last week about the Patriots beating the Dolphins by 40, and they almost did. Yeah. No, this is how it's going to be. The Patriots are going to – game. Yeah, the Patriots it's, are just going to whoop. It's a divisional game. There's no home, there's no home field advantage for Buffalo – uh, playing against New England. I mean, New yeah. England is a cold weather team. They're going to travel up there every year, and it's and they probably travel heavy from New England because it's not far from Buffalo. So since they haven't made the playoffs since 1999, and I'm pretty sure since 1999, the New England Patriots have won the division every year but two. Sounds about right to me. So you know, if history tells us anything, it tells us <laughs> New England's winning this game. Yeah. Um, next, we got the San Francisco 49ers coming in at 1-10, and 10, traveling to Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears coming in at 3-8. and eight. Line for this is Chicago minus 3.5. Definitely not betting on this game. No, but Jimmy G is starting. Yes. And the Niners are going to get their second victory of the season. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. I'm actually, you know what? I'm really actually excited for this game. The first quarter, I'm going to watch – after that, I probably won't watch much of it. But this first quarter is going to be very interesting because uh, I really like Jimmy Garoppolo and Mitch Trubisky. Um, it's going to be interesting to two see. Two young quarterbacks coming out. I want to see how they play, you know? Yeah, no. It, it's going to be very interesting to see how these two young quarterbacks going up against each other are going to do with those, like, 10 to 15, like, scripted plays right, yeah, out, exactly. of, right out of the That's game. That's why this first quarter is going to be good, like, because – you know, these guys typically get into scenarios with, when they're playing for bad teams like this. They get in scenarios where they're just down by a bunch. And they're and just chucking it. it. So, you know, because these two teams are both struggling, this is going to be a good um, – this is going to be good to watch as far as their development, see what they're, what they're bringing to the table. Yeah, it's going to be a nice measuring stick. I also really like Marquise Goodwin's role with the, the Niners. They might have found a little gem this season yeah. in him uh, coming over from Buffalo. He's he's leading the league in yards per catch, 21 yards a catch. Um, he looks like he's a big you know big play guy. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what Garoppolo thinks of him. And yeah, I'm excited to watch Garoppolo and Trubisky, two young quarterbacks, go at it. But yeah, and, Niners and, getting their second win. And this is really Garoppolo's first chance to really make a name for himself like yeah he got that opportunity when tom brady was he got suspended one, one game yeah he, he got that that opportunity when tom brady was suspended last year but that that wasn't his team this, the niners are his team now yeah no it's 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 completely different because you know in new england he was comfortable that's where he was drafted he knew all the plays right this is a different and now he's the guy so what 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 how many games has he been is this his fourth game with the niners 
Yeah, I think so. I, I think that's what I said. Was but this, that was his, his first appearance this past week. Yeah, it was game three, and and I I'm we'll have to look back at it, but I'm almost positive. Like four episodes ago, I said that we'll see him either halfway through the third game or the fourth game. Yeah, no, we'll we'll have to check back and yeah, do some do I'm some pre- digging. I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. So because he, he's had he's had you know three four weeks of practice now. Yeah, they got a little playbook for him. <laughs> Um, next, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the Hard Knocks love story with that uh, coming in at four and seven, and traveling to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers, coming in at five and six. The line on this is Green Bay minus one. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on this game. Uh, no, it's gonna it's gonna be an awful game to watch. Yeah, this is this is this could be our classic Fitz Magic game where Fitzpatrick does something like throws like four touchdowns. He normally has like one of these games a year. Yeah. I think Green Bay is going to win this game just because I so think Green I. Bay is a better team and they're playing at home. Um, I'm sticking with my Bruin, Brett Hundley. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he, and, you know, it will be good to get a couple wins for him. Uh, but watch out for F- Fitz Magic. Watch out for some Fitz Magic this week. It could, it could be coming. Oh, I'll be watching. Um, next we got the Indianapolis Colts and uh, Stephen Willie Beeman, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Uh, traveling down to Jacksonville. To take on the Jaguars, Colts are three and eight. Jaguars seven and four. Yeah, I like this matchup. It's like, gonna be it's gonna be a fun game to watch. The yeah. line for this is Jacksonville minus nine and a half. Yeah, Jacksonville's probably gonna win. I don't know. Ten, I think ja- ten points is a lot though. That's a big win in the NFL. Jacksonville ha- doesn't necessarily score a lot of points. But I think their defense is gonna have a field day this week. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm uh, I'm excited to see what Brissett can do against his defense. We'll see how athletic he really you know how yeah what kind of plays they're gonna he can make, make they're under gonna make pressure. him scramble. Yeah, exactly. The Saxonville's coming. <laughs> um, now we got the Denver Broncos coming in at three and eight, traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Uh, coming in at four and seven. The line for this is Denver minus one. What a mess! Both like what a mess Denver is. Oh Miami's, yeah, I don't think Denver's winning another game Miami's, this season. Miami's not much better. I'm taking Miami at home. I'm taking Miami at home but as this well. This is like I don't know who could win. One of these teams could come out and score. One of these teams could win forty to nothing. It could be thirteen, thirteen. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. We could see a game. I don't know where both of these teams are at. You know, like you'd have to see these teams practice and even know what they're doing or who they're rolling out. Has anymore. there ever been an NFL game where the final score was two to nothing? Because <laughs> I think whoever's at quarterback That's for. The Broncos this week because it's been think, a, it's been it's a carousel. Be, yeah, I think it's gonna be Simeon. He's gonna get sacked in the end zone for a safety by Nadamik and Sue. So Sue's a- gonna be the only point scored. Yes, that'd be cool. And be down with that. every single other possession is gonna be a three and out. The rest of the game. Denver is just it's unfortunate, man. They're 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 top five defense in yards allowed, rushing yards allowed, and passing yards allowed. Well, when you have a player like Von Miller who can get to the quarterback like that, they're, but they're they're de- I, they're dead last in turnover differential. So they're that's they are where not allowing that's where it's any, killing them. Any yards, but they're not getting the football. Um, so it's, their defense is taking a beating because they can't get their offense on the field. I don't think their defense's effort is going to be there anymore with their record because they're out of the playoffs. So Denver's a mess. Yeah, what's the point of putting all the all when, the stress on when, your body when you're the mess and the other team is Miami? Like that's not a good sign because Miami's Never. a mess. Never. But I'm taking Miami in this one. So am I. Uh, next, we got the Kansas City Chiefs coming in at six and five, traveling to the Big Apple to take on the Jets, coming in at four and seven. Line for this is uh, Kansas City minus three and a half. Yeah, Kansas City's close. on the da- Kansas City's on the down 
on the downslide. Yeah, they're not playing good. They're not playing good. Kareem Hunt has taken a step back. Yes, like you said, he's still second uh, behind Alvin. Rushing. Second behind Alvin Kamara. But I think that Kansas City lost the division three weeks ago. And it's they're just not going to be able to get it back together. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. They have to win this game. They got to keep. They have to keep winning games because people are breathing down their necks. Um, the Jets is a good opportunity for the, them to go in and get a win. Although the Jets have been playing really well this year and playing people tough, I think Kansas City. You know, I think Andy Reid's going to have those guys prepared. Alex Smith has still got a great passer rating, but he's got to make he's got to make more bigger plays. Um, they got to find that fire that they had at the beginning of the season and get it back. There's still time. They still have the division lead. Um, I think Kansas City is going to uh, still end up winning that division, but they better they better get it together real quick. Like, yeah. Next, we got the Houston Texans coming in at four and seven. They are traveling to uh, Tennessee to take on division rival the Titans. Titans coming in at seven and four. Line for this is Tennessee by a touchdown. Yeah, that's about right. I think that's kind of that's where I would probably put the line. Uh, I got Tennessee winning this game. I just think they have a little bit more, uh, a little bit more talent on their team. Uh, I don't think Jadavion Clowney can do it all by himself. DeAndre Hopkins is having a great year too, but those two guys just can't do it all by themselves. They need more support. The team's this team is built to have guys like Watt and Deshaun Watson now. Unfortunately, their uh, their identity changed completely when Deshaun got in there. And then now it's completely changed back. So um, Houston's kind of a mess right now. I'm going with Titans. Yeah, I, I, I mean, clearly the quarterback advantage is with Tennessee. Yeah. Mariota versus Tom Savage. Uh, and Tennessee's been rolling this year. Yeah. I think I think they're probably one of the biggest surprises out of the season. Yeah. Them, Jacksonville, a couple it's other that teams. That AFC, man. I mean, if you're, if you're, at six, if you're hovering on 500, you're, you could still win your division. I mean – all these teams are seven and four, you know, six and five. They can still win their division. Yeah, unless you're, you know, in the AFC East, then you have no shot at winning your division unless <laughs> you're the Patriots. Next, we got uh, the LA Rams uh, traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Rams coming in at eight and three off that huge win against the Saints at home. Cardinals coming in at five and six. The line for this is also the Rams minus seven. Yeah, this is uh, this is a tough game to call. I mean, I've been I've been I think Arizona is kind of my team this year that I've been picking to upset a bunch of people. Um, they got a big win last week. Uh, I I mean, I got to go with the Rams on this one, but this is not going to be an easy game. Ram uh, Arizona's defense is playing really well. Uh, they're a little bit more they're a little more healthy. Uh, Chandler Jones is playing great. Honey Badger and all those guys. Patrick Peterson. Um, but I think the the Rams will have enough firepower to score more points than the the Cardinals because Rams have a pretty good D. They'll shut down the Cardinals' offense. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely think the Rams are going to come in and take this one. I wouldn't say pretty easily, but I think the score will indicate what type of game it will be. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. No, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. But I think I think big. Todd, I think the line Todd is Gurley day. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big talk. Todd Gurley day. Yep. But I also think the Rams, they want – I don't think any of them will say it publicly, obviously because of certain reasons. But 
I think they really want to get that uh, Eagles Rams game flexed into the Sunday night game. Yep, big time. So uh, that this week is a big week. They need to win this week. Yeah, get on that. TV so everyone can see these guys play. Exactly. No, no one's seen Goff and Cup and all these guys play before. Yeah. Um, so I have, I have the Rams winning that game. There's going to be some great NFC matchups in this last little bit of the year. I, I mean. This week we have Philadelphia and Seattle. We got Carolina and New Orleans, and and Seattle. I mean, uh, uh, Philadelphia's got to play the Rams still. You know, you got some. You got and some the Rams good, and Seahawks still have to play again. The Rams and Seahawks. Yeah, you got some good games that NFC coming late. Um, next, we got the Cleveland Browns coming in at zero and eleven, traveling here to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Chargers coming in at five and six. I told you earlier I was really excited to tell you what the line is for this game. Yeah, let's hear it. Chargers minus 14. Huh. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't bet on anyone by 14, but <laughs> uh, Carson's for sure going to win this game. StubHub Center, let's see what you got. I yeah. mean, this is the Cleveland Browns. This is as cheap as it's going to get, but I don't know. I don't know. Can we get Can we get 15000 in there? I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, that's a that's Josh a, Gordon's first game back as well for the Browns. That's going to be interesting to watch. In see Carson, so everybody watch out the weed shops. If you see <laughs> if you see the boy at the shop, turn him around yeah. and say, "Bro, <laughs> not today, man." Can we talk about for a second that article that came out about Josh Gordon today? How he yeah. was making ten grand a month selling weed as yeah. a student at Baylor. I mean, my first thought when I saw it was like, okay, Texas is probably paying a little extra, too. Like, that shit's got to be a little more – it's different than California. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like, a, it's like a bush on the side of the road in California, whereas Texas is like Schedule 1 narcotic. You know? Yeah. Like, this is real shit. Texas, uh, Texas, Texas is a little bit more conservative and than you know, California. And, you know, I'm sure he's got people looking the other way for him. And then he's, oh, and then yeah. he's also he, homies with everybody. So yeah. it's like who doesn't want to say they're buying weed from the star player at, uh, at Baylor? Yeah. another Drinking drinking screwdrivers in class. <laughs> yeah. I like his That was style. another thing that came out. He, he, was drink, he would drink screwdrivers, which is for vo- vodka and OJ, for people that don't know what a screwdriver is. Yeah. Um, in class at Baylor. It's he, more just gives, gives these people more of an insight because I don't think it's a huge surprise to me and you. No, not I mean, a huge yes, surprise at all. Yes, the number 10,000 is, is a lot, but we know what kids are doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. These kids, we know what kids are doing in high school and college and pros, before games, yeah. you know, after games, during I mean, the week. Even it's in not – I remember in – These are real people. In the autobiography um, – that LeBron James had when more than a game came out. Yeah. It talked about how he would smoke weed in high school. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's ex- when you especially when you're a star, it's like Yeah, and no no, one, and they know you can get away with it. Yeah, no one exactly. These kids they ha- they haven't made. I mean, they they're they're entitled a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little a lot of bit. Oh, yeah. Anyway. But, that, hey, you know, do you, you know, yeah. do you, Josh Gordon. <laughs> hey, I'm rooting for you, Josh Gordon. Yeah. I hope you no, come in. I, I hope he comes in and has a game. He's got five five games. And like, let's see if he can get, like, 800 receiving yards this year. And just do That'd something. be awesome. Yeah, I mean, he could do it. He's that talented. So, just people of L.A., watch out for your boy. Don't <laughs> don't be selling them guys. Don't, don't instigate Don't anything. buy him a drink, man. Just let him get through this season. Yeah. Um, but we're both taking the Chargers on that one, just to get back to the picks, yes, right? Okay. Uh, next, we got big NFC South matchup. Yeah. Uh, Carolina Panthers coming in at eight and three, traveling to New Orleans and the Big Easy to take on the Saints, also coming in at eight and three. 
Uh, New Orleans uh, is minus four for the line on this game. I have the Saints winning this game because I think they're really pissed off. They lost to the Rams. Mm-hmm. To me, Carolina's, yes, they're eight and three, but it's not a consistent eight and three. It's not like they had, they had three little hiccups. Their games have been all not, over the place. yeah, they've yeah. been, they're all over the place. Yeah, I got, yeah, I, I, I agree. I got New Orleans win this game. This is going to be a great game. I'm just, I just really hope New Orleans wins. I do not want. I don't want Carolina taking that step in the division because if the NFC South gets two wild card spots, that means an NFC West team is not making it, and I'm not, I'm not ready to see the Rams nor the Seahawks not make the playoffs this year. So, well, we know the Rams are going to make the playoffs. I, think I, I don't Seahawks see, I don't see the, the I don't see the Saints like dropping off enough to miss the playoffs. I think the Panthers could do it. Um, oh yeah, no. That, I definitely think, and the funny thing is, I think Atlanta, who's in third place in that division, I think they're the ones that's a lock to make the playoffs. Exactly. That that's my that's my thinking on the inconsistency argument of the Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to be the odd man out in the NFC South, or in the NFC in general. Well, yeah, in the NFC in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no that. That's exactly. Where I need my, them to lose. I cannot. Ha- I cannot have three NFC South teams in the playoffs. That'll no. That would be awful. That'll be that'll be awful. Because because then the, I mean then more than likely a ten, 10 and six teams not make the playoffs. And that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so we both have the Saints winning that game. Mm-hmm. Um, the next game, a game surprisingly, I'm very excited to talk about. Um, oh yeah. Yep. It's the New York Giants. Coming in at two and nine, traveling to Oaktown, Oakland, California, yep. to take on the Raiders. Coming in at five and six, the line for this is Oakland minus seven. Yep. Now, Oakland's definitely winning. Where do you want? To, well, yes. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, first. let's get that out of the way. I got Oakland winning. Now, to I get, as well. Now to get to the fucking Giants. <laughs> well, well, I w- I was gonna say a. I have the Raiders winning. B. I was gonna ask. Do you want to start with the Raiders or do you want to start with the Giants? No, fuck. I God, the Giants, man. They're, what are they doing? I'm a Giants fan. I like the Giants. I I constantly have to defend the Giants when I'm talking to my friends because everybody hates the Giants. Two Super Bowls in my life, I was the biggest Giants fan in the room because I hate the Patriots. And and Eli is another guy. I and now I have a soft spot for quarterbacks. They're my favorite athletes in sport. But for for those that don't know, Eli Manning. Uh, streak since he started in the NFL of starts is ending. The Giants are electing to go with Geno Smith as a starting quarterback this weekend against the Raiders. Yeah. Um, presumably the Eli Manning era in New York is over. 210 straight starts this man gave you. Two Super Bowl rings this man gave over you. Over the Patriots, no less. Both of them. Over the Patriots. It's it's just, I, I don't even know where to start. And it, like it makes me so mad because Eli is. I mean, I I can't believe they're doing. If he was hurt, maybe one thing. It's yeah. Just, I don't understand. Um, especially after you know, uh, at the beginning of the year there was all these talks about trading Eli to Jacksonville to reunite him with Tom Coughlin because and Eli comes out and says, "I don't want to go anywhere. I want to be a Giant." Right. And this is how you're gonna do your boy. After all the injuries he's had to deal with with his receiving core, he's. He's been that. He's been. He's been their guy for the past. He's been the identity of that offense the entire time, and and he allowed them. He allowed those great defenses to be great and to be remembered um, in history by winning Super Bowls, and they're just 
and he's still productive. It's not like it's not like he's got Flacco numbers. Right, exactly. He's still even with what he's got, he's still putting up pretty good numbers. Better better numbers than other Him quarterbacks. Him and Odell in the league are right arguably now. like the most dangerous combo in the league. Oh, arguably yeah. number one. Like, this season. This season in your brother's fantasy football league, shout out Nico Pacholki, uh I drafted Eli Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. for that specific reason. Yeah, no, I mean they're it's they're dangerous, and uh, it just it sucks. I mean, you could see it bothered Eli in, in his interview. Yeah, he was basically he was almost about, he was almost brought to tears, and you yeah. could hear it in his voice. And you know, people are already so hard on. And, and you know, I know that the jokes on Eli, like his face and shit, it's like yeah. oh, it's whatever, <laughs> it's funny, you know. But I just feel bad for the guy because I think he he did everything right his entire career. All the ex giant players are are just upset about it, you know. Um, and going and going back going back to the the concept of him saying no, I want to stay in New York and not go to Jacksonville. Basically, yeah, he wrote, yeah. he also got drafted by San Diego at the time and didn't want to go there and said trade me to New York. Yeah, no, he is a giant. He wanted he wanted to be there. The streak meant something to him. In a fam- oh, yeah. you know, in a family where he, you know, in a family of that caliber, and it's like he doesn't have a lot of things to hang his hat on. Like he's won two Super Bowls, and he's third best quarterback in his family. Like, yeah, that's you know, so the streak meant something to to him. I don't care what anybody says. The guy started, and every it was longer sing- than his brother Peyton's. Every single game since he was a rookie, he didn't miss, and and he still could play out the rest of this year. It's just it, it pisses me off. And that's and uh, another thing is it's the Giants. I'm done with them. <laughs> I'm done. They don't have they don't have the NASCAR defensive line anymore. They're they're gonna do Eli like this. I'm normally not one to jump on coaches, but I think McAdoo. I mean, oh, he's and, gotta go. Unless unless this was like totally against McAdoo, I don't know. You know what happens behind closed doors? Maybe it was management, but McAdoo's gotta go if this was had anything to do with him. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and now to the Raiders. We had a uh, we had a huge fisticuffs God. Uh, in the Raiders Broncos game over the weekend. Michael Crabtree and Aqib Talib, both their suspensions have been reduced to one game from two games. Where do you come down on this? It's tough because you know it depends on who you like. Because I think whoever you like, you're going to defend. But yeah, see, because I hate you should never you should never let someone snatch your chain. But I also think a keep to leaves that a is one of the most it. disrespectful things you could do to a man. Is snatch yeah, his I also chain. think he's a punk because I mean they're professional athletes. There should no, be Akeem some. No, Akeem is not a punk. Michael Crabtree is a punk for taping his chain before the game. No, yeah, you can't do that. There. You either rock it or you don't. You yeah, know what I mean that's that's for sure. Where I I'm, that's why I sit on the fence so much because on one hand I'm like yo you can't let someone snatch your chain. But on the other hand, it's just like, dude, this is a pro athlete. It's not like he's – that's like something – you're taking something personal. You know, right. this shit costs money. But but here's the thing, though. And if I was if that, if that I was Crabtree, I would have came out just trying to get a, get a fight started for sure. Well, yeah, but, I mean, A, he taped it before the game beforehand. So he was basically coming out there looking for a fight. But, B, even though he taped it, Tlaib still snatched it. Yeah, that's what I mean. You can't do that. You can't <laughs> – that like all the time. If I want all this time, I want to defend Crabtree and and say to leaves a punk, but then it's like, dude, the guy snatched your chain twice. Like, I love the meme. It's like call him two chains now. Like, well, and I saw another meme where it was it was like chain snatcher. So it was Cordell Patterson, Amari Cooper, and Michael Crabtree's faces like photoshopped on 
um, Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, and then yeah, yeah, um, yeah. what's his DJ name? DJ Pooh. Yeah, DJ Pooh. Yeah. Um, and then Debo comes rolling up, yeah, yeah. and it's a Keep Talib's yeah. face uh, photoshopped nah, on Keeb Debo. Talib's a bully, dude. I mean, he for sure is. The guy's super aggressive. I mean, he's a badass. Whatever. It's just like. I don't know. I don't know where the line's drawn with this whole thing. Like, snatching <laughs> chains in a football game, that's just – I didn't think – I, I would have been throwing hands either side of this. Oh, 100% I would have been throwing hands either side of that's this. That's why I think it was – but it, the it, the situation kind of just escalated naturally, I guess. This is what happens when people do shit like that. But what's also interesting to me is, like, from a very young age in youth sports, athletes are taught don't wear jewelry – Can't wear wristbands, can't wear bracelets, can't wear necklaces, can't wear earrings, none of that. But in the pros, you see guys doing it all the time. You see see baseball players wearing chains. You see football players wearing chains. I see. Oh shit! Baseball players got like. Dude, they rock like three, four chains sometimes on their necks. Yeah, yeah, because they're pros, man. They can do whatever they want. That's like what they've earned to get to that price. You know, it's kind of like spiking the ball. You know, yeah, I guess you can't do that shit when you're younger. But you're a pro now. You made it. You're a grown man. Do what you want. I mean, T.O. used to wear, like, three-carat diamond earrings. Yeah, on and they were both, huge rocks. Yeah, both earrings. Under helmets. Yeah. I mean, and people still do that. Des Bryant rocks. Oh, yeah, everybody everybody does it You know, and, and I think that, you know, the chain thing, like, I think, honestly, the chain thing started in the NFL through track guys because that's, like, a oh, famous track thing. Yeah. Like, Dion and all those guys. Makes sense, yeah. And then Warwick Dunn and all those guys used to rock chains, like, way back in the day, and then it's just kind of – it's. I mean, it's cool, but if you get your shit snatched, you, <laughs> you better be ready to throw some hands, dude. Plus, it's just like, man, you can't get it snatched. You, yeah, you can't no, let that happen. That's just like you can't you, let that. Happen. Sometimes that might even be like grounds for revoking somebody's man card, like getting your change snatched. That's why he was throwing hands because <laughs> that is the extent of it. Um. Anyway, so uh, a lot to talk. A lot to talk about. Yeah. With that matchup. Yeah. No. God. Um, next, we got the Battle of the Birds, Sunday Night Football. Go Birds. Which one? The good ones. The, the ones by the, the sea. The green ones? The ones by the sea. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so we got the Philadelphia Eagles coming in at 10-1, and one, traveling to Seattle, probably one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL, uh, to take on the Seahawks. Seahawks coming in at 7-4. and four. I don't think you're going to like the line for this one. It's Philadelphia minus 5. That's, that's fine. I mean... People, I mean, the, Seattle's been crazy under the microscope this year. Everyone wants to find the negatives because this team's been around a long time. Um, they want to, they want to figure out is it done? Is it is it still going? I mean, I'm just I'm as confident as ever with Seattle. I think they're going to win at home. Um, they've been in every single game they've played. Like I said, um, they've had two two losses that I think you can like if you look back. You know, they lost to the Falcons, which was a close game. And the loss to the Packers, both those games, I think you can be okay with. You know, Tennessee and Washington were what, what I would consider a bad loss, but that Washington game, you know, our kicker basically lost it for us. So, Not you know, basically, he did. Yeah, and so we're, you know, and obviously there's some close games we won too, but we're we're right there. We could, we could still be a nine and two team, you know, eight and three yeah. easily. I mean, we're very, seven and four, no, very easily, very easily. And it's like Russell Wilson is having an MVP caliber season. Yeah. Our defense has just changed from being a secondary team to a front seven. We still have right because arguably the best front seven in the NFL. So it's like, yo, I get that we have some injuries to the outside. But those guys, A, we have Earl Thomas, who's the most important one. So right. if we're going to keep one, that's the one to keep. Right. 
and two, it's not like we have bums playing out there. We don't have these horrible like no, yeah, no. players. But losing losing players like Sherman and Cam. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. But every team, I'm, you know, I think at this point in the season, every team's lost somebody. Oh uh, and, no, everybody's lost somebody. And, but I think two players of that caliber and what they mean to the Seahawks yeah. as people and in that locker room and on the sidelines and all of that. Yeah. I think that weighs heavier than what some other teams have experienced in it, losing players. And, and see, to me, it's like there's two positions to me. The Seahawks have just completely dropped the ball on this year, and it's kicker. Like, I honestly think kicker, you know, is probably our number one. Our, might yeah, be our number one, go, go. Might be our number one priority in the offseason is a kicker, which is crazy. And then uh, running backs, I mean – Ever since Marshawn. I'm sick of hearing about the offensive line. It's not the offensive line, okay? You know, first of all, in the passing game, Russell Wilson is is not. You can't you can't like grade these offensive linemen because Russell Wilson is constantly holding on to the ball longer. But that's how he plays. That's how he makes it happen. So it's like the pass protection is there. Russell is still making plays. He holds on to the ball a little long. And if and, and you know if we had if we had some more. Uh, if we had a better passing game, you know, the, that that running game would open up big time. Oh, 100%. Um, I, I think the running back, we just don't have a talented guy there yet, you know. Eddie Lacy and Procise and Rawls and Carson, all those guys. They just guys, all haven't worked out. They're okay. They're all good backs, but they're not great. We need a talented guy back there. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think it's the offensive line. Um, I think kicker and running back have really held us back this year. Russ is our running back. Yeah, basically. I have the Eagles winning this game. I'm assuming you have the Seahawks. Yeah, I got the Seahawks winning this game. I think no, they're gonna. They, they, I, I think what they, I think what Seattle can do is, I, they, they have to just try to completely shut down Ajayi. They're gonna completely yeah. try and shut down the run game. They're gonna make Carson Wentz try to pass the ball, and it's gonna be cold. It's gonna be nighttime. It's We're probably gonna, gonna rain. Seattle. It's pro, it's. It's not going to be a comfortable scenario. Now, Philadelphia is no no sunshine state, but I think uh, – and, and, you know, Gruden says Wentz is cold weather tough or whatever. The <laughs> North fuck. Dakota tough. North Dakota tough. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be – we're going to shut down the run game. Carson Wentz is going to have to do too much. Yeah, no, it's it's really crazy to think that, like, this year you have teams like Philadelphia, the Rams – the Saints, the Vikings, the Falcons, the or the Panthers even. All these teams, it's like you're kind of just waiting for them to lose. Yeah. So it's like this game could be waiting for the dust to settle. Kinda. Exactly. This I I still think the Eagles are going to win because I think they're the best team in football, but this game could very well be like the Rams Vikings matchup was. I forgot the Vikings when I was listening on the teams earlier mm-hmm. where you're kind of just like this is going to be the game that they lose. Yep. So there's been a lot of those this year, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I just think this is kind of what I you know put into my power rankings as far as like playoff matchups go. That's why like a team like Philadelphia, I hesitate to put them number one, and Seattle, I hesitate to take them out of the top ten because I know in a playoff matchup or in any regular season matchup when you square off Philly and Seattle, everyone still. Think Seattle has a shot, and not. I mean, people people are probably picking Philadelphia, but it's not like people are like, "Oh, Philadelphia is going to smash Seattle." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, now we got the Monday night game. We got always good games. Always. Uh, Another rivalry matchup. These two teams really don't like each other. Two of the best receivers in football going at it. Yeah, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in at nine and two 
traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Bengals coming in at five and six. Line for this is Pittsburgh minus five. This is de- definitely an upset alert game, um, but I got Pittsburgh winning. Yeah, I've I've Pittsburgh winning too. But I just Cincinnati think, can win this game. There's no doubt about it. I think Pittsburgh is just rolling on all cylinders right now, and they're really set on having a matchup with Tom Brady and the Patriots in the AFC Championship yeah. game. No, they're focused. They they want that first round bye, and um, this is the game they got to win. So, but since he's a tough team and divisional opponent, so that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a fight. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that wraps up the picks of the week for week 13 in the NFL. Yep. Now we're going to move on to the NBA, talk a little uh, Battle of L.A. Yeah. So, Monday night, the Lakers it's, and Clippers. It's disappointing that that's what we have to call it now. Well, yeah, because it never was a battle before. It, it never, there wasn't even, yeah. We didn't even know the Clippers were in L.A. before. Oh, yeah, they're, they're the JV team. So, Monday night, the Lakers and Clippers battled it out for L.A. supremacy. I really think that this game was a chance for the Lakers to begin recapturing L.A., uh, making it a Laker town once again, even though I believe it's never really changed. Um, They definitely had multiple chances to win the game, but they couldn't execute down the stretch, and a coaching decision that was definitely questionable. Um, I think this is the first time I'm questioning a decision Luke Walton has made as coach of the Lakers. But how can you leave Jordan Clarkson and Kyle Kuzma on the bench during the fourth quarter, and especially in the last seconds of the, of the game when you need a three-pointer to tie the game and potentially either send the game to overtime or give yourself another shot to win the game in regulation? Um, Clarkson went 8 for 12 from the field. He made the only three-pointer he took. He had 17 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. Kuzma against the Clippers was 5 of 7 from the field. Three of five from three-point land and had 15 points. On a night where Lonzo clearly was not being aggressive on the offensive end and his shooting struggles continued, it it doesn't make sense to me that Luke Walton would leave him in a game when Clarkson was shooting so efficiently. Uh, I think something's changed in Lonzo. I, I really think his shooting struggles are getting to his head, and I think his body language is beginning to show that. Um, also, not to mention against the Clippers Monday night, uh, if you were to take a look at the box score, every single starter had a negative plus minus, and every single player who came off the bench had a po- had a positive plus minus. Yeah, that's tough because I mean the backups are playing against the backups, but I mean that's kind of a tra- trap decision for Luke Walton in my mind. It, you know, I don't think there was a good decision he could have made in that end of, end of the game because I think if you start resting, if you start putting Lonzo. Um, in particular, um, you know, the the Nance and Kuzma um, decision is a little weird to me. I don't really understand why he did that. Uh, the Lonzo one is a little more understandable just because in the sense that, like, if you start benching him late in the fourth quarter, what are people going to start? What are we, we going to start talking about? You know what I mean? We're going to start, you know, yeah, Jordan Clarkson is playing really well, but are we giving up? Are you folding shop? You know, it, either there's no either, reason to fold shop this season, though, because there's no. We don't I mean, have a long right? But I'm in. Ta- I'm talking about in terms of folding up shop and like not trying to get as many wins as possible and the whole tanking aspect. Yeah, no, I don't think we're doing that. No, no, I, no, we're not doing that think, at all this year. I think he's trying to get Lonzo to learn how to win and finish these games. I think it was a decision that was 
consciously made. You know, I think Luke Walton knew. And it just backfired? Yeah, I think Luke Walton knew that he, he probably had a gut check. He, you know, he probably wanted to put him out there, but he's like, you know what? In his mind, I think he thought, I need to keep Lonzo out here. I need to force it. I need to let him play. I need to let it happen. I need to let him finish. Because the second he stops doing that, then it's like it becomes a decision that's yeah. like it could even bother Lonzo's head even more. Like at least Lonzo isn't contributing in other ways. At least he's playing minutes. At least but the coach has it back. But but in the game against the Clippers, he wasn't really contributing in other ways. No. And, he, he, it, it, I would say that game against the Clippers was probably one of his worst, worst games, games yeah. of the season. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um yeah, I just think that's a tough decision because I think either way, me and you were going to talk about that decision because it's like, hey, Lonzo didn't play the last eight minutes of the game. Or, yeah, or Lonzo did and didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's a tough – I mean, coaching an NBA team is not easy. Yeah. Uh, and they're figuring it out together. I mean, Luke Walton only had, what, half a year of coaching experience or three-quarters of a year? I Yeah, not even, basically. Yeah, so so he's, lear- he's learning just like Lonzo's learning. They're trying to win together. Um but Clarkson's got to be out on the court with Lonzo. Yeah, it's, a, it's unfortunate. But, I mean, could, because KCP's playing well, you're exactly, keeping him out there. KCP had a hell of a game. Yeah, but Lonzo needs to be playing good enough to where it's like it's either KCP or it's Clarkson, which is how it is right now. Right. But he needs to you know, step it up to where you feel better about those decisions. Exactly. Now, to the, to the Kuzma point uh, and why he didn't get more burn against the Clippers was the return of Larry Nance Jr., he had been out a couple weeks with an injury. Um, while I'm very happy to see Larry Nance Jr. He is back. He's healthy again. I don't think he should be taking minutes away from Kyle Kuzma, at least right now. Now, the Lakers are in a very interesting position, and I think it's a really good problem to have. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, it's not bad problems that we have when we have too many guys. Right. They have a, they have a bunch of players that are all the same position, yep. and they're all playing at a level that I think is better than expected. Yeah. I think it's better than expected, but there isn't enough minutes in the game to go around. Obviously, Brandon Ingram is going to get his minutes. Julius Randle's minutes have increased as his play has gotten better. Kuzma's minutes have done the same as he's been the steal of the draft. And I think Randle's fourth on the team as far as forwards. Just right. forwards, he's fourth in minutes. Right. Um, and then Larry Nance Jr., before getting hurt, he basically stole Randle's starting spot. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, from right underneath him, which is exactly where Kuzma comes into the picture because of the way he performed uh, while Nance was starting and mm-hmm. Randall was coming off the bench and Kuzma was performing really well. He really stepped up and moved into Nance's role, even getting a couple starts in there when uh, Junior was injured. Yep. Um, now, I understand that Larry Nance Jr. was the starter before getting injured, but with the way the others have been playing in his absence, I'm not giving him that spot back. I mean, right. I, I think he's got to earn it back. Right? I don't Maybe. think it was his. I don't. I don't necessarily think that was his spot to begin with. I think he played his way into that spot, and Julius Randle lost the spot. Yeah. And now exactly. Kuzma. Now Kuzma has played, and and Randle have played their way into minutes. Where now Nance, I think, I think you're right. They should have let Nance slowly you know acclimate himself back into the rotation he needs to be the fourth post right or the fourth forward not randall anymore not kuzma um and then play him more and more and if he can play back into that starting spot great if not he's a fantastic bench player and that's where he's been his whole career right i think i think that um nance 
should have been the one whose minutes had seen the decrease upon yes. his return yes. just to ease him back yes. from the injury. Yeah. I mean, the, in the, the practice right before the Clipper game, he had to leave practice and get stitches because he caught an elbow from Andrew Bogut. Yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, and, um, it's, and they have good centers. They have a good rotation at centers, so it's not like they're playing small all the time. So it's like there's no need to shove him back into the lineup. So that's I, – I mean, I agree with you, and that's why that the Kuzma-Nance uh, one was a little more confusing to me. I, right. don't, I don't really understand um, other than the sense he obviously just wanted to keep Nance out there. Um, but – the Lonzo one made a little more – I could justify it a little bit more. Yeah. Not that it necessarily makes sense, but I could justify it a And al- also not to mention, Kuzma's basically proven he can play in the NBA on a night-to-night basis. Yeah, he's a rotation player. You, And I think a lot of people don't realize this, but in my opinion, I don't really look at Kyle Kuzma as a rookie. He played all four years in college. He yeah, he's, he's older. He's like, he's like 23, 24 years old. He, he's two years older than Brandon Ingram, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and then I guess three years older than Lonzo. Yeah. So it's it's I think Kuzma's in a very different position as Just a like as a, lot, a rookie. Well like Nance and Clarkson were. Yeah, exactly. They Coming out after two, a couple years. Yeah, they played three years and Well Nance Nance graduated. He was a senior. Yeah, no, I uh I think Clarkson played three years. Yeah, I think Clarkson played two or three and then, years. And as then well. Na- and then Nancy Kuzma all played four. And look at the production you're getting out of these guys there. Cause, and, all and three of those guys could picks. be considered steals of their draft. They were. And they they are. They definitely yeah. are steals because they're they're professional basketball players. These guys are have been through their lumps. They've had growing planes. They've had bad streaks. They've lost games. They've won games. And that was also another – I mean, I this is neither here nor there anymore because D'Angelo Russell is now no longer a Laker. But that was another reason why I always liked Clarkson more than Russell was I always thought Clarkson would – yes, he's young. He, he can be immature at times. But that's off the court. Yeah. And I think Clarkson was a lot more mature than D'Lo was – Definitely. Coming in as a rookie. I think everybody's more mature than D'Lo is. <laughs> also, to go back to the plus-minus point I made earlier, Kuzma's plus-minus against the Clippers was plus-12, and Larry Nance Jr.'s was minus-18. Clarkson's plus-minus was plus-3. Lonzo's was minus-12. Yeah, see, so, I mean, but the Lakers uh, team, uh, if the Lakers' back five played the starting five in, in a scrimmage, I don't know who's winning. I mean, shit, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's like, a dog fight. Yeah, if I mean, if you ha- if you have Kuz- Kuzma, Randall, Bogut, Clarkston, and, and who, Josh Hart, and who and Josh Hart playing who's the starters, who's an NCAA champion? Who's uh, easy, easy. <laughs> no, we're not bringing that shit up. <laughs> all right, uh, but, but that's just another reason why I love Josh Hart because he's another older rookie. Yeah, but you roll that back five against the starters and shit. They could win, you know? Very easily. So that's a good problem to have, though. That's that's the exciting stuff about the Lakers. We're not talking about what we need to do. We're talking about what's going what, on. Yeah, it's what the, pieces we have we're going to keep. You know, we're, we're going to be able to trim 10, 11 players that we like down to the six or seven. Yeah. You this, know, add someone. And our core is here. We, we got the players. This season is one, very much a tryout for, like, ha- more than half this team. Yeah, we need one big free agent. And Lonzo to play better. I wouldn't be surprised if Randall and Clarkson both got dealt at some point this season. I hope not. I hope not too. I hope both of them stay. Honestly, I, I'd I'd rather see some other people go over, over him. But I'd also just rather see us let some people go in the off season as far as free agency, like your Corey Brewers, your Little yeah. Dangs. 
Well, and, Luol Deng, we're probably going to have to trade yeah, just yeah, because of that contract. Of contract. He's got the worst and that's, contract. And that's where NBA. that's where I think Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson come in is people are going to call and be like, "All right, we want Randle." Yeah, or Kuzma, but I think Kuzma has proven that he can stay and be a part of this foundation. Randle um, was the sixth pick in the draft three years seven. ago. Seventh pick in the draft three years ago. So it's like, you know, hopefully we can bring in Boogie. I mean, that's that's kind of who I – Boogie or LeBron. Those are kind of my two guys I'm hoping come to the Lakers. I'd rather trade Brandon Ingram, to be honest with you, than, than some of the core role, role players. I don't, I don't know about – I don't know if I would – Take Randall I just think Clarkson you, over Ingram. I just think I just think you can get a lot out of Ingram in the trade market. Oh yeah, you can get a lot more out of Ingram on the trade market than Randall or Clarkson. But Randall Clarkson is two good players though, to pick up. I exactly. Mean. There was some other drama though that went on in this game between the Lakers and Clippers on the other side. Uh, it was first reported on Tuesday uh, after the game. The game was on Monday. Mm-hmm. It was reported the next day by Adrian Rojanowski from ESPN that Blake Griffin is going to miss two months with a sprain in his MCL. Um, Tyler, is it time to blow up the Clippers? This team's got to – they got to do something. They're they're really heading nowhere. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I love this team, and I've fought against blowing this team up. I mean, I constantly have uh, conversations with people I know about. Uh, back in the day with Lob City, it's just like – I get that, you know, they didn't win a championship or or a bunch of playoff series or whatever. Um, but it's like in the NBA, how, you know, fans got to be happy. Like the, the Clippers were the worst franchise in pro sports for 25 years. And now they've been a playoff contender, one of the best teams in the West for the last, whatever, six five years. years six yeah, five years. Six years. And so I was always super defensive of this Clippers team because I thought it's like you, you should be happy. You should roll with these guys. Um, they're a great team. They're always they're always competitive, and it's you know there's really only two or three contenders in the NBA nowadays. Uh, but now, I mean, I just think Blake Griffin's going to be out by the time he gets back. Beverly is out for the season. Gallo's out. By the time he gets back, it's probably not going to be much. Um, DeAndre's contract's coming up. Yeah, I mean, he's DeAndre's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Blake just signed that big deal, yeah. and now he's hurt once again. Yeah. Um, like you said, the injuries are stacking and, up. And Blake was playing really great, too, before he left, which is ba- which which sucks for him. Just um, hit the game winner against the Kings. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and it's tough because they're going to have to rebuild around a hurt superstar that's aging, you know. Uh, so that's a really tough position for the Clippers, but they have – some really good trade bait with DeAndre. So right. So they could get some really good, they could get some really good talented young players. Um, and so, I mean, that would be my first step would be trying to trade DeAndre and moving on from the season. Yeah. Try to get young talent and draft picks. Yeah. I mean, we already, we already know that supposedly Cleveland is interested in a trade for DeAndre Jordan. That would re- revolve around Tristan Thompson. Tristan and that's everything Cleveland needs as far it, as, yeah. as defensive toughness, defensive awareness, rim protection. They need all of that. Um, I also heard uh, Adrian Wojnarowski say earlier on ESPN that Boston potentially needs a rim protector, um, but I really, I really think that uh, it's time the, the Clippers need to blow up. They, they got to do something. What about Phoenix? Uh, I mean, Phoenix for DeAndre. I'm talking. Yeah, that sounds that sounds nice to me. That sounded like the the best scenario for his play type, and if he wants to be like the stud on a team. Now, if he's trying to win championships, he's going to go. He wants to get traded to Boston or Cleveland, and he doesn't get to pick these things. No, yeah. But I think uh, you know, if if 
if the Clippers could snag one of those young guys, if they could snag Tatum and someone else from Boston, or you know, if they could, if they can get yeah, if they some buyout like contracts from Cleveland or something, yeah, you know, some picks. Even though Cleveland's picks aren't even worth much, um, I think they got to get. Well, now they have that DeAndre. Boston pick. They don't owe DeAndre anything. I mean, I mean, they kind of do because he left. He, he signed with Dallas, then came back. But yeah, they. I mean, I, I just think that's step number one. I think you. Blow, I think it is time to move on from Lob City. I think Lob City's dead officially. I also think I, I think it's crazy that Doc Rivers hasn't been fired yet. I mean, this season. I guess he might have been saved with all these injuries, so he might have the injuries to thank for his job currently. But, I mean, the Clippers came out of the gate to start the season on fire. Then they lost like nine or ten in a row before Blake Griffin hit that buzzer beater in Sacramento over the weekend, and then they beat the Lakers on Monday night because of a dumb coaching move, in my opinion, by Luke Walton. But they lost their franchise centerpiece now that CP3 is gone. And like I said earlier, Blake Griffin's owed a lot of money over the next five years. Almost 200 mil? Yeah, almost. And he's one of the most injury-prone players in the league. Mm. Yeah, he's too physical. I mean, he's so physical. It's 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 too bad that he can't stay healthy because he's playing really good this year. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think if the Clippers do blow this up, I think they're headed straight for the bottom of the barrel in terms of the NBA standings. Full tank mode, trade the farm, stock up draft picks. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're, it's... It's going to be Chicago-esque. You know, oh, no, that's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah, except except it would be Chicago it'd be Chicago with the Blake Griffin. Yeah. Because it's going to be hard to move. It's going to be hard to move. Um, it's going to be hard to move Blake Griffin, you know, and they're not going to. But it wouldn't know. surprise me if they did. I just because don't. I don't know who's, they c- who's, like, what contract can you trade? I mean, I guess, I guess we could see a Tristan Thompson trade. Or maybe trade him to Brooklyn and get some more Brooklyn picks. But I don't know. Do they have the? Do they have a play? Do they have salary? Like, do they have enough cap and yeah, players? Brooklyn has a lot of salary. No, but yeah, but who who are they going to give away? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are they going to give? They can't just go picks for a two hundred million dollars. Trade Mozgov and get that contract off the books. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Those <laughs> are what you're looking for now. At that point, is you're looking for these terrible contracts to pick up. Where's Chandler Parsons right now? Memphis. Is he playing? Probably hurt again. Yeah. yeah Spe- and speaking of Memphis. Yeah, uh, speaking of Memphis. David Fisdale idiots. getting fired. I, I'm about as mad at the Grizzlies as I am the Giants. <laughs> the New York football Giants, dude. <laughs> I God. Think, I think like 50% of the NBA went on Twitter after that was announced to defend him. I, I mean, just don't get it. I mean, I, I don't get how coaches are treated. They're just – they're cut I'll tell way you, too, I'll tell you, I'll way tell you, too easy. I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. And we were listening to the radio on the car – or in the car, and Ramona Shelburne said this, you have a team investing $300, $400 million in players, and then a team investing three, four, maybe $5 million in a coach? Yeah. Bye, coach. Yeah. No, they've done it. I mean, they've done it in the last – they've got – they've fired three great coaches in the last five years. I mean, Lionel Hollins won coach of the year, fired him. Coach of the They went to the Western Conference finals with Lionel Hollins. Fire him. Then they bring in Jorger. Fire him. He's now the coach Jaeger, of the Kings. Jaeger. It, Dave Jaeger. Yeah. Jorger, Jaeger, Jaeger, whatever. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, <laughs> the analytics guy, whatever. Uh, and then Fisdale, and they fire him. I mean, they're firing Take good coaches. Take that for data. Yeah, they're, they're firing good coaches. It's too bad uh, because I don't think it's these coaches' fault. And apparently it was because him and Marcus Gasol didn't get along, which to me was kind of shocking because to me when I hear the name Gasol – 
I think of Pau Gasol and probably one of the nicest human beings ever from yeah. everything I've heard from him being reported on as a Laker for all those years. Yeah. I, I feel like Marcus Gasol would kind of be the same way. but yeah, You never know how these stars are behind closed doors. You yeah. know, they can be entitled. They can be high maintenance. They can be – you just never know. You could be a brat. Who knows? I, I Unfortunately, we'll never know. But what we do know is the Grizzlies pick Marcus Gasol, not Fizdale, and that's too bad. Yeah. He'll get is. picked up. Oh, for, he's for sure going to get picked up. Yeah. But Spurs might pick him up this year. As an assistant, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um. What's also interesting is, if I'm not mistaken, last year, by the end of the NBA season, not a single NBA coach had been fired during the season. And then by the start of this season, not a single NBA coach was fired over the offseason. We now have our first victim, yeah, David Fisdale. Yeah, it is weird. It's We're going to move on. Yeah, stupid Grizzlies. <laughs> to uh, Tyler's idea. He, yes, I love doing this. I just love doing – I love making fantasy teams. Love it. I think my fantasy team would be your fantasy team. i tell you what. My my fantasy team is playing defense. I'll tell you that. <laughs> my much. fantasy team is not playing defense. We, well, no. Okay, you, I take that back. You ain't scoring 100 points on my team. Not I might minutes. drop 150 on your team. This is all right. All right. Well, let's all right. Let's start out. How do we, how do we want to do this? You want to do guard matchups? You want to do big guys? You want to do all five? We can do guard matchups, and then go to go to forward matchups. Then okay, well, big so, guy, and then okay, the six so, man. So, all right. So our two guards a wash. I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's a wash. I guess. Okay. It's who's Kobe your... versus Kobe? I'm guessing. Yeah, our two guard is Kobe versus Kobe. <laughs> so we have a wash there. I All right. So I figured the two guard would basically be a scratch no matter what. Yeah. It's basically five guys outside of Kobe. Yeah. So um, at my one, I got I got the answer, AI, my all-time favorite basketball player, Allen Iverson. Okay. So for my point guard, I have uh, the player who, if Kobe Bryant and Allen Iverson had a baby, this would be him. T-Mac? Russell Westbrook. Yeah, Russ. Hustle Russ. <laughs> Russell versus Bubba Chuck. I don't know, man. That's some that's some competition. Like, yeah. Who, who knows I, what's, what's going to? I mean, bi- pretty biasly, I gotta give it give the upper hand to Westbrook because he averaged a triple double in a season. I don't even want to get started on this. <laughs> I'll just go in. Iverson is the man. I mean, this guy. He he averaged thirty a game and didn't make the All Star team one year. That's how. Hating the NBA was on him. He single-handedly won the only game the Lakers lost that playoff run mm-hmm. when the Sixers at five eleven. Yeah, stepping over Ty Lue. Yeah, that was greatest <laughs> greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, all right, so now to the forwards. All right, okay. Who's, who's your Who's your three? Ron Artest. All right. Yeah, I love Ron, it. Ron Artest too. Yeah, yeah. Ron Artest, not yeah. Metal World Peace. No, no. Ron Artest. Ron Artest. Ron Artest. Okay. Okay, what team Ron Artest? Okay, that's what I was going to say. Ron Artest from the Pacers. Now, I liked Ron Artest from the jump. I remember when he was a rookie playing for Chicago. Uh, I'm too young for that. Artest got defensive player of the year as a perimeter player, right? Yeah. The very next year. Very impressive. The very next year is the brawl year. Now, it happened at, like, this time of year. It was like pretty early. Yeah, in the pretty season. early in the season. But okay, so this was this was always my thing. I was like, Ron, Art- that was Ron Artest's MVP season. And I'm talking MVP. <laughs> the, the guy was the guy was Defensive Player of the Year the year before that, and that that year in the brawl he was averaging 24 a game. So before the brawl, he was averaging 24 a game. Yeah, I can't knock that. Hey, Ron Artest, man, I I, I love him. I I love everything about him. 
Um, no, I I love Ron Artest as well. He he's probably one of my favorite players. He also single hand. I think he's the single handedly great. saved the championship for the Lakers in t- 2010. I think he was the. I think he's the best uh, matchup for LeBron uh, that LeBron's ever seen. Um, it's just because of the strength. You know, he had he had the size with him, but he also had that strength that LeBron has. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I got definitely all day Ron Artest, my small forward. So my small forward is Vince Carter. Man, it's tough for me to go against that man. <laughs> half man, half amazing. Half man, half amazing. The Tar Heel. And, I mean, really the main reason why I picked Vince Carter is because I think he's the greatest dunker of all time. Uh, he's definitely the, the, the best dunker of all time. Yeah. And now, in today's NBA... Arguably LeBron, though, for me. I think LeBron's right there with Vince. He ne- No. LeBron never co- competed in a dunk contest. That's all can't, right. No, you That's can't be. Right. You cannot be the greatest dunker of all time and not I'm compete in a dunk about contest. In, in game, dunks. I'm talking dunks. Period. Uh, well, then, if we're just talking dunks, period, then LeBron probably is number one. No, but he did not compete in a dunk contest. That's all right. He doesn't have to. No. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm telling you what it is. I think. I think this is my thing with LeBron. I think if any like human was just like if he had to, you know, if, like LeBron had to. Um, and some humans like, all right, I just did this dunk. Like, you get a week to like to do it. He can do any dunk anybody can do. I don't know because he's so athletic. I mean, I've never like, seen it. So he, I mean, his he dunked in between the legs in a game in 2003 in high school. Yeah, like, the dudes. But Vince Carter also put his elbow in the rim and did a 360. Right, win no, that game. dunk contest is the goat for sure. I yeah, mean, I love Vince Carter. Uh, um, it's cool. You got Vince and Kobe playing together. I'm pretty sure they graduated high school the same year. Sounds about right. Yeah, I think they were. I think they were, it was like when Kobe, when Kobe was re- early on, when he was being recruited yeah. between like Duke and North Carolina yeah, and all was, that. Like he was like, oh, Vin, you know, Vince is like. But then I think he eventually like swayed towards Duke because he, North Carolina stopped recruiting him. But yeah, but I think just for like my era growing up watching the NBA, the dunk was so prevalent. And like yeah. now, in today's NBA, it's like the three pointer. For for me growing up, it was the dunk, and like Vince Carter to me is just like oh yeah, dunk. yeah, because he because he did it when the lights were on, everybody saw him do it. He was that's what that was. And have his you ever card. seen have you, have you ever seen a person jump over a seven two Frenchman no. in the Olympics? Just Vince Carter. Yeah, just Vince <laughs> Carter. Um, who's your power forward? The 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 worm, Rodman, all I, day. You yeah. know what? Like I said, we're playing defense out here. You know what? I think. I think our power forward matchup might be the best matchup we we have out of the six people we're listing for each of us. Uh, I mean, Rodman did throw him out there, whoever it is. The big ticket, KG, baby. KG, that's a tough, that's a tough matchup for Rodman. But KG is one of my favorite players of all time. He is the biggest trash talker, yeah. and he backs it up. Yeah, he is, he's a, he is one of the most, like, I will go to war. If I had Kevin Garnett on my team, yep. I used to. I, I always used to compare um, like his, his, his. Uh, uh, what do you call it? His personality, I guess, um, with like Draymond. I actually used to always say Draymond is is like a Ron Artest and KG put together, but not quite as good. It's like a pit bull and a Rottweiler mutt. Yeah, because he's got like that body and that strength in the game of Ron Artest, yeah. but his like the finesse, his, his the... demeanor and his yeah, and his that, like, his. Yeah, Don't give a fuck attitude. It's very cagey. You know, he's up in your grill. So um, 
That's a good one. Rodman, Rodman and KG. That'd be a battle down on the block Rod- for some rebounds. Look, you want to see some crazy numbers? Look at Rodman's rebounding numbers in the 90s. Oh, my goodness. Oh. It's it's stupid. You're going to think there's Look some- at Rodman's numbers with the Pistons. You're going to think there's something wrong. And this was when the big guys, per se, like dominated the league. This guy's 6'8". Yeah. If that. All right. So who's your, who's your center? I don't really got a center. A big, I got. I don't. I mean, yeah. I got. I got another. He's he's seven feet. So it's like whatever. He can play the center, but he's not a center. This is my boy from the Tar Heels, Rasheed Wallace, from the Jailblazers himself. I grew up watching Rasheed. I I watched Rasheed probably a handful of times play when he was in Portland. There's nothing. I, he's Dean Smith's favorite player of all time. Got it. Got ejected from the McDonald's All American game. <laughs> I mean, I could go all day about Rashid shooting threes. The dude's like, I, I mean, the guy's like arguably one of the most talented basketball players ever. His, he just, his head really wasn't in it his entire career, or he yeah. probably could accomplish so much more. I think he leads the, or has the record for most technicals in a season. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I think my team is. <laughs> your, team might, Rodman. your team might be ejected in the first two minutes of this fantasy game. Yeah, but we're playing defense. <laughs> no, I mean,. How can you knock Rasheed Wallace except for the fact that he was on that uh, 3 4 team that beat the Lakers? Hey, but I, you know, at the time I was I was I was down with that. I like. Yeah, Portland, no, you know I wasn't. I, mean? Kobe, I was Kobe's not down man. with that. I I wasn't. I I didn't become a. I didn't really become a a diehard Laker fan so until you, Seattle. Until le- yeah. Well, no, until Seattle. Once Seattle left, because Kobe was my favorite player in the league at that time. When Seattle left, I became a, a Laker fan. Makes sense. So that's like 07, 08. Okay. Yeah. All Before right, so that, here, it was the Seattle. Yeah, Sonics here we got Powell. You know, here so we got Powell. I was rocking with the Northwest team, you know, Portland. There you go. Uh, my center, big guy, whatever you want to call it. Shaq Daddy? Has to be. <laughs> most yeah. dominant big man ever. Yeah, he is. He's the best Shaq center Diesel, ever. Shaq Diesel, Superman, the original Superman. The, the only None of this Superman. Dwight Coward bullshit. The, the, only, the only Superman. Nah, Shaq, I can't argue. Big cactus. You, big got Kobe, you got Kobe on your – you got Kobe and Shaq on your team. Can yeah, you? I, got, I got the prime – I got your Kobe in his prime, Shaq in his prime. It would be interesting because, I mean, your team's obviously got some, like, crazy good players. I mean, it's t- tough, but my team's got these X factors. I think I think the reason why my team wins is because Rashid's spreading the court. Rodman and Artest don't need a fucking shot. Yeah. And then it's just Iverson and Kobe gunning. Yeah. In my dreams. <laughs> in, this, in this fantasy world we are living in right now. And also, what's weird to note is no MJ. Obviously, errors have changed. In the starting five. MJ's your sixth man? Oh, yeah. Oh. MJ's my sixth man. Okay, so the best matchup, <laughs> uh, so the best matchup is not the power forward. It's the sixth man. Who's your sixth man? LeBron James. Pish posh. Perfect. That's, per- that's a perfect way to end this segment. You know, my, you got Michael Jordan coming off the bench. I got, we have the two <laughs> best basketball players of all time coming off our bench. That easy just, now, easy now. Kobe Bryant's number one. Hey, I'm not gonna argue there. Kobe can be number Maybe one. Maybe we can. You know what? Next week. Told, yeah, next week next we're week. doing best basketball, like st- best starting five, top five starting five. Starting five, not just best five. We can do top five and starting five. Or Why just not do, both? Just do top five. It's a new NBA. There's no positions in the NBA. We'll do top five. All Straight right. up. We All can, right. That could be our starters too. It don't matter. Perfect. 
I'll roll with my top five. I don't care. You yeah, I might as well. You, you roll got. with the best players. Yeah, but hey, LeBron. I've known. I've known about LeBron since he was 16 years old. I, you know, yeah. I don't. I don't have anything bad to say anymore. I hated LeBron for about two years, and then I got over it. Yeah, I hated LeBron for about seven years, and I'm just starting to get over it. Nah, nah. He's gonna be a Lakers soon. So done. Hey, don't be. I'm don't, act, don't act like I'm getting LeBron is a bad thing. All right, don't I'm, act like I'm rooting for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. Right, that's fine. He's still rocking the jersey. I'm rooting for well, the Lakers, not, yet, not LeBron the Laker. Hey, I'll, I'll I'll root for LeBron. Come to LA, my man. <laughs> we'll get you into Hollywood. Anyway, so that wraps it up. That wraps up our dream team segment. Next week we'll have our. Uh, our top five players in NBA history for you guys. Top five. Mine are, mine are the winners. Well, no, my team is going to win. There is a right answer, and mine is the right answer. <laughs> sure. Right, Just well, to make you happy. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so one one quick shout-out before we get out of here. Yes, sir. Uh, this is, this is this Huge shout-out. Huge yeah. shout-out uh, to the UCLA football program and the school for hiring Chip Kelly as the next head coach. Yes, sir. Uh, the Jim Mora era started out great, but it didn't turn out to what it was supposed to. Uh, I think this is a home run hire for the Bruins, and the future is very bright in Westwood. So shout out the Bruins. Shout out Chip Kelly. Shout out Dan Guerrero, the athletic director. Yeah, they crushed it. I think uh, my bold prediction, I, I, do, I don't – actually, I don't even think it's bold. I think there's no doubt in my mind that in the next three years – UCLA will be in the college football playoffs. That's my. That's what I like to hear. That's my prediction. I think this was like one of the best hires ever. We got a guy that went uh, forty-six and seven at Oregon, won won a Rose Bowl, won a Fiesta Bowl, went to a national championship. Um, and now cr- he's getting he and now it. he's getting California recruits. It's just you know, yeah, recruiting. Like, yeah, I, I get it. Like recruiting to Oregon is not like the hardest thing in the world because of Nike, but it's but also now, not UCLA. Like, yeah, you're the, not. In we're in California. Southern California, where it's arguably the best high school football. With Texas and Florida, yeah. is in Southern California, he's getting all these kids to come in, coming in. I they're saw. Gonna be, I saw a picture gonna of the day pumping, after. There's going to be pros being pumped out of this program, and and I think Chip Kelly is going to just do work. I saw a picture right after the announcement was made, or like the day after the announcement was made, and he took a picture with a, a recruit. Yeah. Who's a local guy from Southern California, but is going to school in Florida right now? Hey, I, I mean, they're going to crush it. I, like I said, I think college football playoffs in the next three years. Good job, UCLA. Um, you you crushed it. Chip Kelly is uh, is one of the best coaches there is out there. Um, I, I'm not one of those people that hate on him. He went ten and six his first two years in the NFL. Um, good job, UCLA. Congratulations, Chip Kelly. We'll see you at the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, that wraps it up for this week on the Sports Kingdom. Uh, Be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TSK Show. Uh, If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash TSK Show. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook now. Uh, Yes, we got Facebook. Facebook.com slash TSK Show. And like we announced at the beginning of the show, be on the lookout for us on Apple Podcasts. Yep. We will be getting the link shortly from Apple. We submitted it today to Apple, so we should be getting that link shortly, and we will publish that iTunes podcast link out as soon as we have it. We will be back next week for another episode of the TSK Show. Peace. Later. Later.